Amen. So be it. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. How many of you have had an awesome week? Good, good. How many of you haven't? Uh, no one likes Sharon. Oh, thank you for being honest in the back. Well, I pray that whether we've had a wonderful week or not, we will be blessed today because that is our design. Our design is to be blessed by the Lord, to be a blessing to other people in our life, and um, we want to be that. So this morning, we're going to look at the concept of blessing. First, I want to take an opportunity. We have a couple pastors visiting with us, Pastor Sam and Katie Alessio from up north in Powell River, but would you stand? We just want to bless you. Let's bless them. Go ahead, all the way up, yeah. Bless you, bless your ministry. It's so good to have you here, and uh, they're related to Pastor Jen, too, so we love you extra, 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 because we have to. No, I'm just kidding, because we do, and uh, there is actually a unity in the spirit, I believe, with, with Sam and Katie, so I, I enjoy that myself. Well, let's pray. As we open God's word, you want to hear from him, not just me, and so let's pray before we open God's word. Father, thank you for your word. It is true. It is living. It is active. It is active in our lives, Lord, and so we pray that your word would minister to us, that we would open your word and that you would transform us through your living word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We are going through the book of Ephesians this year, and we're still in chapter one, and we will be for a couple more weeks as well, but our theme this year is to be built up in Christ, to be built up in Christ. And verse three of Ephesians chapter one um, is, is key to being built up in Christ, because verse three of chapter one says that we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that we are blessed by God in Christ. Remember that from last week? Pastor Barry spoke on being in Christ. What a powerful concept central to our faith is that we're in Christ. And because we are in Christ, we are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Our big idea this morning is that we have been blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And through prayer, blessings flow through us and to us. And sometimes I think the concept of blessing flowing to us we understand. But we're missing sometimes this through us. That not only does God bless my life for me... But God blesses my life for me and for my spouse and for my family and for my friends and for my coworkers and for my community. That we are conduits of his blessing. We don't just store up blessing, but we pass it through. But what is blessing? What is blessing? Sometimes I think we miss this. Sometimes I think that when we read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, we actually miss the word spiritual. I think sometimes what we say is that God has blessed me with every blessing. 
And we don't see the word spiritual, which is the word pneuma, which is the, the word breath or spirit. And I think sometimes we just determine whether or not we're blessed by what we have physically. And what we have physically is the overflow of God's blessing in our life, but what we have physically is not a determining factor on whether or not we are blessed. Spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In heavenly places. There's five uses of the word heavenlies in Ephesians. Five uses of the word heavenlies in the book of Ephesians. It is a, number one, it is a sphere in which the principalities and powers continue to operate. This is in chapter three and chapter six. This is uh, not in your notes, so you're just going to have to listen, maybe take notes. Uh, this is from John Stott as well. These are not original to me. I credit him with, with this, but it was so key because I think before we can look at what does it mean to be blessed, we have to look at what are these blessings, where are these blessings, and how do we access these blessings, right? Because I know at the end of this, you're going to want to know, how do I access this? So number one, the sphere of the heavenlies is the principalities and powers. So you see this in chapter three and, and chapter six. Chapter six, famous for the armor of God, where Paul is saying that we are, are battling against principalities and powers. And so it's a realm that is beyond what we can see. A realm beyond what we can see. Number two, the heavenlies are the sphere in which Christ reigns supreme and we reign with him. So it's an area of reigning and ruling where Christ is on a throne and we actually invited to reign with Christ. And number three, the heavenlies are a sphere in which God blesses us with spiritual blessing in Christ. And throughout Ephesians, you see this. And so it's not simply the chairs that you see and the carpet that you see and the building that you see. It's not physical. We're talking about spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings. Now the blessings that we find in Christ have also, at three times in your life, you will be blessed with spiritual blessings. This is also key at three times in our life. Number one, we are blessed in our past with spiritual blessings. That Ephesians verse four says, he chose you before the foundation of the world. In other words, he chose you, he adopted you, he predestined you even before the world was created. Even before God said, let there be light, you were chosen. You were chosen. In other words, in, before God laid a foundation stone for the earth in which you would live, he already built you. 
in his mind, in his spirit. So this is that our past is blessed. Not only is our past blessed, but our present is spiritually blessed. It says in verse 7 of chapter 1, which Pastor Barry will get to next week. In verse 7, that in him, in him we have redemption, we have forgiveness of our sins. That in our present state, where you sit, when you believe in Jesus Christ and he becomes your savior, you are forgiven and redeemed. So your past is before the foundation of the earth. He saw you and chose you. In your present condition, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you say, be my Lord and Savior, you are redeemed and you are forgiven. That is your present state spiritually. Not only that, but he has our future. That one day, we move from this place and we are in heaven with Jesus Christ and we are unified with him. And so this is the spiritual blessing of the future. Your past is your chosen, your present is your forgiven, and your future is your unified with Christ. Blessing is so much more than money. It is so much more than our home and our car and the things that we see and the things that we touch. Are those blessings? Absolutely. But greater than that are the spiritual blessings each one of you have in the heavenly realms that are accessible to each one of you through prayer. Amen. That's such a great comfort to me. The reason it's a great comfort to me is whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I have access. Whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I am blessed. If I define blessing by what I have only, I miss it. And I redefine what could be so much greater and so much more impactful for me and my family if I just define it by what I see. Blessing not only flows to us, blessing flows through us. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Pastor Keaton already prayed this. It's the Our Father prayer. Jesus says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven. So again, we're pointed upwards to the source of God's will, which is the source of our blessing. We are pointed upward toward heaven. And what Jesus is saying is, is Father, your will be done here on earth, but let it originate in heaven. And may the will of heaven be poured out to become the will on earth. 
Jesus is is praying a prayer of blessing. He's saying, Father, may your blessing that exists in heaven be the reality here on earth. May the atmosphere of heaven be the atmosphere here on earth. May what exists in heaven exist here on earth. And Jesus is crying out for this conduit picture that the heavenly blessings would flow through him and be realized on the earth. Therefore, we don't settle for anything on earth that doesn't exist in heaven. Doesn't mean we won't have hardship. Doesn't mean we won't have sickness. Doesn't mean we won't have poverty. Doesn't mean we won't have difficulty. Doesn't mean any of those things. We just don't settle for it. If it does not exist in heaven, we don't settle for it here on earth. And what's amazing about this, because you might think I'm, I'm going a little wonky here, but, but see, when I see sickness on earth, I pray that it's God's will that it would be gone, that people would be healed in Jesus' name. And that is, it is critical for me to believe this as my theology to pray in faith. It's impossible to pray in faith if we don't believe that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven are people sick. In heaven are people poor. In heaven are people broken. Our relationships broken. Our marriages in shambles in heaven. No. You know what the Lord said to me last night too? He said, Joel, even the world that is not believers agree with you. Why do we have a medical system? Because we don't believe in sickness. We don't believe that people should stay sick. Why do we give away to charities? Because we don't believe that people should stay poor. Why do we have counselors and psychiatrists and, and marriage counselors and all of these things? Why? Because the world even recognizes that brokenness and emptiness and, and sickness should not exist. And we as the church, we tap into the heavenly realms in prayer. And Jesus moves through us his spiritual blessings. The blessings we experience on earth are also to be shared and to be multiplied. It's a familiar story for some of us where a little boy brings his lunch to Jesus and Jesus has been teaching all day. This is from John chapter six. Jesus has been teaching a great crowd all day, probably about 10,000 people. We say it's the feeding of the 5,000, but it's much more than that when they count women and children. And so Jesus has been teaching and ministering and people are hungry. And a little boy comes to Jesus. I won't get into it word by word, but a little boy comes to Jesus and he, and he brings him his lunch. And Jesus took his lunch. He took what the boy had that day. And what did he do? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. Eucharisto, he gave thanks. In other words, he blessed it. And as Jesus blessed this lunch, Jesus then handed it to his disciples and it was multiplied. Each one of us 
have a bag lunch. Each one of us have been given gifts, anointing, even personality, wealth, influence. That's your bag lunch. And as you bring your bag lunch to Jesus and you put it into his hands and you give thanks, Jesus takes it. He takes you and he breaks you and he distributes it to your sphere of influence. Our lives are just a bag lunch. But in the hands of Jesus, they'll feed thousands. People all over the earth are blessed by things that you have done. Pastor Barry will be going overseas this year on trips to the mission field to encourage pastors to speak to those at Hope for Korah to minister blessing. He's taking his life and he's breaking it to distribute it to others. And that blessing will flow through his life. The same is for you. You don't exist to just be a bag lunch your whole life. What happens to a bag lunch that's left in the bottom of a backpack for six months? Lord knows I know. I found something this past week in the bottom of my kid's backpack. I don't even know what it was, but it was furry. <laughs> now, unless they took a chicken, I mean, it was just furry and fuzzy and disgusting. This stuff I find in, in my son's particularly, pockets. I don't know if it was once alive or was always dead or what, but I don't stick my fingers into their pockets. But your life is not just a bag lunch to sit. We give thanks. Jesus takes it and he breaks it and he distributes it. I, I asked myself a simple question a, a week ago and, and this is the question. Lord, am I actually a blessing to people around me? Am I actually like a blessing to my wife, to my kids? I mean, I know they have to like me because I'm their dad and stuff. And, but am I actually, do I actually consciously wake up and think, how can I be a blessing to my wife today? I'm, I'm with my kids and there's certain things that we, we just do based on routine. I don't mean driving my kids to soccer. That's being a taxi driver. I mean, while I'm driving them to soccer, being open to, Lord, how can I be a blessing to my daughter right now? I'm doing Lego with my son. Lord, how can I be a blessing? What does he really need right now? Or, or I sit and I think about a friend that I haven't talked to in a while. Lord, how can I be a blessing to them today? And I begin thinking about there's so much practical, which we'll get to at the end, that we can just be doing to bless people. 
It's not just, you know, pray for divine healing or receive a prophetic word. Or it's not, it's, it doesn't have to be deeply spiritual. It can start with really practical. Blessing is deeply historical as well. So blessing flows to us. Blessing flows through us. But, but blessing is also deeply historical. The blessing that we are going to sing at the end of this service is 3,000 years old. 3,000 years old. In fact, one of the oldest um, literal inscribed verses of the Bible was hammered into silver and was found to be about 800 years old was this blessing of Aaron found in Numbers chapter 6. It's one of the oldest physical, actually inscribed, hammered into silver Bible verses that we have, is this. This section. And this flows down to you. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27, it says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, Speak to Aaron. Already we see multiplication. Already we see blessing flowing through. Moses, speak to Aaron. Aaron and his sons saying this, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. And so again, Aaron blesses his sons. His sons bless the people, and they they lay their hands on the people, and they say, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. And then it says this, I love this verse, so shall they put my name. In other words, when we bless people, we bless them with the name of Jesus. We bless them, in this case, it was the name of Yahweh. In other words, when when Aaron's sons would pray over the people, there would be this stamp, this tattoo of Yahweh on them. And as they're praying for him, there would be Yahweh is all over them, stamped on their foreheads, stamped on their life. And they would be given access, access to his face, access to presence. Not literal presence, they would have died. But this idea that God will be present in their lives. This idea that God will be gracious to them. This idea that God will give them peace in their life. So there's protection The Lord keep you. I believe at all times in our life, whether we have a little or whether we have a lot, that we have access to protection. Divine protection. He will keep you. These I see as promises. Not principles. Promises. He will protect you. He will keep you. Presence. His face to shine upon you. I believe whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, whatever circumstances you find yourself in, that his presence is accessible. 
His grace will be upon you. You have access to grace at all times. There's no way to become a Christian unless you receive grace. But we live in that grace, constantly aware of that grace, constantly forgiven when we repent to him. And we are at peace. We constantly pray for peace. And his name is upon us. You see, we confidently move into spiritual realms in prayer and we can actually pull down these blessings that I'm talking about, spiritually speaking, through prayer. I, I want to give you an, an example. I, I'm going to ask for a couple voluntold people. Um, Michael, if you would join me, and Joshua, if you would join me. Could you guys come up for just a quick lesson? Because it, it's, it's real practical. If you guys could stand just next to me here. See, I'm going to pray for Michael. Uh, I'm going to bless him. And I'm not just going to say the words. I'm, I'm really going to, spiritually, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to pray for him right now that the Lord would bless him. Keep him. Lift up his countenance upon you. Be gracious to you. And give him peace. And then what's going to happen is, at the same time, Michael's going to have his hand on Joshua. And so God's going to put his hand, you don't see him, but Jesus is right here. He's, he's floating, kind of right above this level. Do you see him? So he's right here. He's praying for me. I'm praying for him. He's praying for Joshua. And so, Michael, I bless you. You put your hand on Joshua. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord would lift up his countenance to you. I pray that he would be gracious to you and he would give you peace. I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So what happened was Jesus had his hand on me, I had my hand on Michael, Michael had his hand on Joshua, Joshua has his hands on people. And what's interesting is right beyond Joshua is his family. You don't quite see it yet, but it's there. And right beyond that is his kids' kids, and their kids, and their kids, and there's generations. And there's generations before me. My parents, grandparents, right? It's generational and it flows to us, but through us to the generations beyond. Amen, amen. Thank you guys. Bless you, bless you. The beautiful thing is that I know Michael and Rose pray for their children. And I know they're already praying for their spouse. And I love that. Because whether we're experiencing blessing or not, 
See, if we're experiencing blessing in our life and we can feel it and everyone's going, yeah, I'm so blessed and I feel blessed and I'm, I'm seeing it and everything, if that's your reality, then right now you're kind of in your spirit proclaiming blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Now, some of you are sitting here going, I don't feel blessed. I, I, I don't have anyone before me. I don't have anyone after me. It's just me and my bag lunch. And some of you might be there right now. And for you, you're not proclaiming. You're prophesying. You're speaking over your life. For some, it's a celebration and thanksgiving. For others, it's I'm going to speak over my life. I'm going to speak almost in the opposite to what I'm feeling right now. Blessing isn't how do I feel. It's 3,000 years old. It's we are blessed with how many spiritual blessings in heavenly places? I know you've been reading Ephesians, so I know you have this memorized, but how many spiritual blessings in, in verse 3? Every? Every. What does every mean? Well, in the Greek, it means this. Every. Every. All. Now, what's beautiful about this, and I'm going to wrap up soon, but what's beautiful about this is Numbers chapter 7 is the response to the blessing in 6. What happens in Numbers chapter 7 is the entire chapter, we have the offerings of the tribes of Israel brought to the tabernacle. And it spends literally 88 verses describing what they brought to the tabernacle. See, once they were blessed, they respond to the Lord. And it describes all of the offerings, 88 verses. I won't read it. And then in verse 89... After all of the offerings have come in from all of God's people, verse 89 says this, and when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and it spoke to him. What happens is, is, the people are blessed and the people respond by bringing what they have to the tabernacle. And then Moses hears God speak. And sometimes we stop the voice or hearing God or we stop the blessing because it doesn't flow through us. Sometimes it stops at us and we can become stingy, we can become hoarders. Amen. We can become hoarders. We can have boxes of stuff just built up and we just want to save and keep. And... But we were meant to be conduits that it flows through. It flows through. We don't just keep it. We give it. Now blessing is surprisingly practical. I'll give you one example from from our own life, and it's, it's the place we live right now. Sonia and I have, have opened up our home more than we ever had in Coquitlam due to the fact that we have a backyard that's bigger than a shoebox. 
But really we made a conscious decision when we bought this place that, that this place isn't just for us. Now I like being at home. I like putting my feet up. I'm actually a bit of an introvert. So I like being home with my family, not having to think. I, I don't love hosting. I don't love cooking for people and wondering if they actually like it even though they always say they do. I don't like cleaning. Can I get an amen? I don't like reaching my hand into my couch cushions to find out what's in there. It's uncomfortable, it's awkward, it's just, especially new people, right? It's, but we made a conscious decision that this, this place that we've received, it is a blessing from God. And because it is a blessing from God, it is His. And because it's His, it has to flow through us. And so we've invited people to our place. A lot of people have come to our place. As strangers or some people from the church or not or old friends or we've just always said yes to having people, to hosting family functions, to having people come to our place. And, and it's, it's just been so good. I'll give you an even more specific example. It's so much fun to walk out into the garden and have someone else's child pull a carrot out of the ground and eat it. And that simple picture, giving some people vegetables or eggs or whatever it might be, we are blessed to be a blessing. And this is so practical. I'm not going to ask you this week to just go and share the gospel with 10 people. That might be just, what? <laughs> but you have been positioned in a place, a sphere of influence, a home in a community. Maybe you like coffee. Maybe you like throwing axes. I don't know. Whatever it is that you like. Whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever it is that you do, invite someone into that. Invite someone into that. Invite them over to your home. Invite a friend over to your home. Go out for coffee. It's still COVID, so everyone's afraid, I guess, still. Meanwhile, we're all doing what we need to do. I'll share this story in closing. There was a, I shared this with the youth as well. So if you're at youth, sorry, you have to hear it again. But there was a, a young woman named Maria who lived in New York City. And Maria received a random message through social media from a guy named Bruce. Bruce had been walking through a random park in New York City and Bruce overheard these two friends talking. And they said, we want to have a birthday party. But we want to have this birthday party when Maria is not around. Because we don't want her at the birthday party. 
And so these two friends are literally scheming and planning a birthday party for a specific weekend when Maria would not be around. And somebody filmed it. Bruce. And Bruce said, Maria, if you're out there, these are not real friends. They're fake friends. Anyway, Bruce and Maria end up getting together somehow. And Maria decided to have an event in Central Park in New York City called No More Lonely Friends. And she put it on social media for all the people who have nobody. And 200 people showed up. She's now doing events called No More Lonely Friends. She's doing an event all over the US. I think she's done eight in eight different cities now. She has 55,000 followers on Instagram. And what happened was in a moment where Maria could have crawled into a hole, but Maria saw an opportunity to be a blessing to others. And Maria created this movement. And every year she has three Thanksgiving dinners. One is Thanksgiving, that's with family. One is called Friendsgiving, that's with friends. And one is called New Friendsgiving, and that's with strangers. Opportunities, she took her negative experience. I mean, that's gut-wrenching, right? Gut-wrenching experience, but she used it to be a blessing to others. And so I, I find for our lives that we can be extremely practical. Extremely practical. And so this week, this week there's some homework, but many of them are just practical. Who can I invite out for lunch this week? Who can I go for a walk with maybe? Whatever it is that you're going to be doing. Or buy someone Starbucks this week. Just the person behind you. Have you ever done that? It's great. You just buy their Starbucks. The first day of, of January, I went to Starbucks and somebody bought me Starbucks. And I was like, man, so cool. So randomly, I'll just buy someone Starbucks behind me. Well, first I asked, what did they order? Then I'll buy it. Yeah. Don't want to get crazy here. Come on. I mean, blessing goes so far, right? I mean. But it's simple, right? It's just looking, positioning. How can I be a blessing, right? Well, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And as, they, as we sing the blessing, I really felt this from the Lord. Is one, it's... it's some of you will proclaim it and it's something that you can sing currently over your circumstances. You feel it, it, it kind of makes sense. And for others, it may not make sense. And so on one hand, you proclaim it, but on the other hand, you prophesy it. In other words, you speak it before it actually exists in your life. And so we're gonna sing and worship the Lord together. And I just pray that there would be an impartation